Hey, so uh, I got an email this morning from uh, from Schedulicity, and um, we've all heard about uh, Schedulicity Pays, and, and we've heard about uh, Schedulicity Cares. Um, well, Schedulicity sent an email, and, and they're changing the game once again. And um, with the whole uh, coronavirus thing that's going on, we actually have the CEO of Schedulicity, Jerry Natuno, um, on the line now, and he's going to kind of uh, tell us uh, what Schedulicity is up to. So, Jerry, uh, welcome back. Thank you. Excited, as always, to uh, talk to you guys. Thanks, man. So, uh, just tell us what Schedule City is doing and 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 how uh, how they're helping out uh, Schedule City users. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. Obviously, we're in some very challenging um, and unprecedented times, uncharted waters. Most people have never lived through anything like this, and um, I think even more incredible the fact that it's almost changing by the hour. Um, however. Um, as we um, are all going through these times and trying to figure out how we're going to navigate, uh, you know, through this, through the, the future to see what, as, as things unfold, um, you know, it became very apparent to us that some of the people most affected by this, uh, you know, um, this craziness are, are our people, right? Our business, because our businesses are people who make a living um, by providing services and teaching classes, mm-hmm. you know, hands on. Um, you know, human contact. And um, I started to hear this last week, some of the hardships that people were already facing, not the least of which was a phone call from my daughter, um, Lauren, who, you know, recently became, you know, an, an esthetician and started her career in October. She called me on Thursday and she's like, Dad, I don't know what to do. You know, half of my people canceled today at the last right. minute. And she was upset. She said, you know, uh, what do you think is going to happen, Dad? You know, remember, this is a 22, about to be 23-year-old um, young woman, and she's, you know, this is craziness to her. And so, you know, she said, Dad, I don't know what to do. If this happens, you know, I don't know if I can pay my rent. And that was really, I couldn't sleep the whole night trying to think about, you know, just knowing how, you know, our our community is being affected. And so I called together my leadership team um, the next morning, and I said, you know what I want to do? I want to I, w- I want to give Schedulicity to all of our users for free for the next three months. Um, tell me if I'm crazy. Tell me how we can make this happen. What can we do? And my entire team worked tirelessly, including Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, eleven people on the Zoom call at eight in the morning um, to figure out how we could get this happening. And so we basically have suspended charging any fee for the next three months for all of our businesses, um, you know, to just try and help people get through this time. Not only that, but we, 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 we turned it on. So, so they, they could go on and start turning on all kinds of things that they weren't using before, like automated marketing and things like that, you know, to try and help, Mm, um, with these times. Um, and so anyway, uh, we made the announcement this morning and, um, I've been seeing a lot of, uh, really positive um, response from people. And, you know, it's the least that, that we can do. Um, you know, I, I think I told you the very first time I met you that um, we're proud of our company. We're proud of what we do. But at the end of the day, we want to be, you know, we want to be judged by the impact that we have on people. And I just felt like in these, uh, you know, trying times, um, this is the least we could do. Well, you know, once again, i um well, thank you for that. And, and I'll say a big thank you from the industry and, you know, all those that uh, get to use Schedulicity. And um, 
you know, just, just Jared, just thank you. And, and, you know, you, you told me that you guys want to make an impact on people and, and you've done nothing, nothing but prove it, you know, every step of the way, or you know, every time you guys have a new initiative, it, it's how you can help the industry. And, you know, from the industry, from Tony and I, from, from our entire hairdistry team, thank you very much. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate it. We're always here for you, my friend. Look forward to seeing you in, uh, in person soon. See you soon, Jared. Thanks, bud. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and I wish I was sitting with Tony, but we're still in quarantine. So, you know, he's over sit there, sitting over there in his house, and I'm sitting over here in, uh, in the studio. What's up, bud? What's up, brother? Oh, man, I'm missing, missing being beside you, man. Me too. We, uh, you know, uh, in the last podcast, we talked a little bit about, like, how our, you know, when we sit next to each other, how our communication is kind of seamless and how, like, you know, we got to come up with different strategies and stuff to, uh, to kind of talk over, over video. Yeah, we used to have like just a little nonchalant, just a little finger raised, so you know we know uh, when we're going to ask the next uh, next question. But now I got to come over here and wave <laughs> to, <laughs> catch his, to catch his attention, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's not distracting for our guest at all. <laughs> you yeah. over there in the corner. <laughs> it's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, once again, we're we're still in the COVID nineteen thing. There's so much information. There's so much. Uh, there's so many. Uh, um, I'll call it opportunities that are that are coming for us. Um, and not opportunities necessarily to to further our business, but opportunities to keep our business uh, alive and well. So, you know, um, today we're talking to uh, uh, who actually has become you know a a, a, a favorite of mine. Um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of, of, of Michelle Cook. She's our CPA. She's, she's our, she's our in-house CPA now. She doesn't know that yet, but, but she's our in-house CPA. Yeah. Uh, we've had this conversation several times that, you know, we're huge fans of her and she knows our industry. Uh, unlike a lot of people, you know what I mean? She, she is a CPA and she knows our industry very, very well. And so we've had the conversation about, you know, bringing her on, uh, to uh to help with that the things that we're doing uh for our business so uh, she doesn't know that but that's uh that, that's that's our conversation that uh, as of late but yeah we're we're super excited to have her back on because she knows uh and like i said our industry and how all these the new bill impacts our industry so and yeah, and she, she's a CPA, and her practice is um, she helps a lot of beauty professionals, right? So she's she, she's in our industry. She's not just you know she she's in it, and she she understands it. And you know the research that she's doing, um, you know her own research for her own business. You know it's she's doing that research for us, right? Yeah, hundred percent for our industry. So we we really appreciate that. And on another note, um, I think uh, she'll, she'll let us know, but she just did a podcast with our buddy, Eric Taylor. So, uh, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of credit there, Tony, and I'm going to say, you know, Eric heard on our podcast and he's like, we need to get her on, we need to get her on, on our podcast. On his right. Podcast. So, but, uh, we're big fans of Eric and we're big fans of what Eric's doing. So uh, that, that's very cool. And I, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we're just getting the word out. Cause I know she talked about a little bit about um, like, uh, the CARES Act and the PPP with him. We're going to get into a little bit of that today. Um, but, you know, whatever we don't cover, I'm sure um, Eric and Michelle covered on, on that podcast. So make sure that you uh, you listen in to, uh, to Eric Taylor's uh, podcast. Um, well, you know, we'll oh, talk. And at the end of the day, at the end of this conversation, uh, we'll have Michelle uh, tell you how you can, uh, if, if you want to reach out and uh, she'll give you information, how to get a hold of her and, and things like that. Uh, that if you need her to help you, 
uh, with your business. So yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get you'll be able to, you'll be able to reach her when we're done here. So uh, Miss Michelle Cook, CPA of of of, hair, of the beauty professionals, uh, welcome back to your day off. Hey, thanks for having me on. Now I'm even more excited about this conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we've. Ever since we met you, we've been huge fans of you and what you're doing to the industry. And we truly, truly want to thank you again for being with us. Thanks. I really appreciate that. I love this industry and it's good to be here. And for those that you haven't heard the, the original podcast, make sure you scroll back and, uh, and listen because it, it's definitely a good podcast. So it, it'll help you in the industry with you know, some tax questions and other things that can help you in that area of your business. 1000%. So Miss Michelle, um, I mean, again, there's been so much going on just the last seven days with the CARES Act and the, and the PPP and stuff. Can you kind of give us a, like a, a broad like overview of, of, of how it's going to impact the, uh, the industry? Right. So the CARES Act offered a, a few things to self-employed people. So first is unemployment compensation. The second one is an injury disaster loan. And that's where people are talking about this $10,000 grant. And the third one is the Paycheck Protection Program or the PPP. And this is the loan forgiveness program. So those are the three big things that we now have the opportunity to take advantage of. But you can't take advantage of all of them all at the same time. And so you've got to work it and you've got to like figure out what's going to be the best for you. Is there is is there a particular system of what comes what you should apply first? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, in my mind, I think the grant is like jump on that because that's just free money. And with the grant, you can apply, see what they grant you, and you don't have to take out an additional loan through the economic disaster loan. Um, so that's really nice, but we'll see how much grant money actually comes people's way. You know, it's a limited amount and there's no guarantees. They say 10 grand, but I was actually reading an interview with someone at the head of the SBA. This was Wednesday that the interview was given. And he said a comment that said, if you have 10 or more employees, you'll probably get the 10 grand, but for someone like me who works with a lot of solopreneurs in the beauty industry, a lot of booth renters, um, I, I kind of took that on the flip side to say, if you're a solopreneur, maybe less, mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, you could apply starting this last Monday and they said it was three days until you get an answer. Well, we're here Saturday. None of my clients have answers yet. So, so let's, let's talk about, I mean, you just threw out the grant. Which grant is that? I'm a little confused about which grant that is. Yeah, so so that's the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Grant. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's that's the ten thousand dollars that everyone's talking about. Okay. All right. So the EIDL that that that's the ten thousand grant, and in the EIDL as well, is there also is there also loan opportunities there too, or is the EIDL just a grant? Right. So it's it is a loan and a grant. Uh, so you can apply you well you apply on the SBA's website you apply for the loan and then you also ask for the advance and 
whatever they decide to give you as far as the advance does not have to be paid back. It's a grant. Then beyond that, it'll take a few more weeks, they say, and then they will let you know how much you've been approved for, for the actual loan. And then at that point, you can decide whether or not you want to take that money out or if you want to say, no, thank you. That's, that's awesome. And, 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 and um, you know, I think we need to add to at least, and I can only, and obviously I can only speak for our state, the state of Maryland, but I know the state of Maryland has a couple local loans and grants that are going out. And then um, actually that, so that's statewide. And then um, just a couple of days ago, our County actually approved a $20 million grant um, for the County in which, uh, in which we work in um, just approved a $20 million small business thing too. So, you know, make sure that, you know, you check with your, your state, um, your state stuff and your, uh, and your local stuff. Um, okay, Michelle, this is where it gets really confusing, right? So, like, you know, Tony and I have been talking, we've been talking to hairdressers all around the country, and, you know, we were all very excited about this PPP loan that's coming out, and the fact that, I don't want to use the word fact as fact, you know, it's kind of, you know, but but that the PPP is also available to um, solo, you know, what do you call them, solo entrepreneurs or solo sole proprietors. Yeah, yeah, or sole proprietors, you know, so it's available to those of us who, you know, work for ourselves and, and work through like, uh, you know, like pass through companies or, or sole proprietorship. However, you know, after we heard about it, it was great, but then there's some caveats to that as well. Right. So like if I apply for my PPO, I can't, if I'm, if I'm expecting some kind of forgiveness, I can't apply for unemployment. And most of that money has to be used for, for income or for payroll. Can you kind of like, you know, just clear the air about that a little bit? Right. Okay. So to be able to get the money forgiven, 75% of the forgiveness amount has to be for payroll. So let's say you got an advance for $10,000. You had to have used 7,500 of that for payroll. And, and to clarify, because solopreneurs, a lot of you guys are LLCs. You don't actually run payroll. You don't get a W-2, but your income from the business is what they're going to be considering payroll and how they calculate what that number is, is actually still a little iffy. Um, we're not a hundred percent sure how they're going to go about that, but. So we want um, that's gross income or if that's net income then, right? Oh, I mean, it'll for sure be net. Um, it's just more of which number on the tax return are they going to pull? I, and we're not sure. We're not sure. So, so that'll be, It'll probably be like a Schedule C um, kind of net income kind of thing. Most Man, likely. All those write-offs I took last year are going to hurt me here this year, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no way around it. <laughs> hey, and now this is why you claim your tips in a moment like this. You need a loan, you're going to be getting more money if you're claiming everything. And on that too, like, like I saw in the PPP that you can actually, you can actually take a loan out against the tips that your employees, like if you're not a sole proprietor, right? So yeah, I don't want to be the expert. Tell us about that. Right. So it's, it's a full compensation. So it's covering uh, payroll, just like your normal salary. It's covering benefits. Uh, so health insurance for larger companies that are able to do that. I know some commission-based salons are able to provide that. So this would be a, a big deal for them. Um, and then, yeah, tip money if that's part of your normal compensation. And that's, that's all in there. So would that, so the benefit package, would that also be part of the 
Right. Yes, it would. And what about like, um, and have they talked about like 401 um, compensations for the bigger salons that, that, that do that as well? Or so yeah, they're they- saying retirement benefits are part of that compensation plan. This sounds almost too good to be true. Like when does, when does like the ball drop? <laughs> so one, it's not necessarily too good to be true. It all appears to check out. What I would say is one, make sure you've got documentation for everything because they're not going to believe you when you say, oh, sure, I paid this much money. You know, you've got to have proof, especially if you're a solopreneur and you're not running payroll, you're going to have to have proof of historical amounts that you've paid yourself. Mm -hmm. And you need to just have documentation because the other things that you can have forgiveness on are rent, um, interest on a mortgage. I see a lot of places out there that are just saying, the mortgage, be clear, they're not paying your principal off for you. They're only going to pay your interest. Um, Mortgage as far as if you own a building, not your home mortgage. Correct. Yeah. Commercial real estate. Um, So yeah, utilities, rent, mortgage, interest. Those are the three things that they'll also forgive in addition to the payroll expenses. So you have to make sure that those other things are in that 25% bucket of the forgiveness. So it's, if you used more than 25% on those other expenses, it's not that there's a a problem. It's just that they won't be forgiven. That now turns into a loan that you've got to pay back. Got it. With, um, what's the interest on the loan again? Is it 4%? This is one of the areas that's had conflicting information. So as of Thursday, they updated at first, they were saying it was half a percent Thursday. They updated it to say it's a whole percent. I've even read elsewhere that it can be up to 4% and I'm a little confused by that, but 1% seems to be like the most official. This is the PPP loan, the, the triple P. Right. I feel like a, I feel like a WWE wrestler. Triple P, <laughs> <laughs> triple P loan. Right. Um, all right, Michelle, now it's going to get real personal with, Go ahead. I'm well, sorry. This, before we get personal, because I love that. Um, I just want to caveat that people just need to really think about if this is going to be the best thing for them, because it's only eight weeks of payroll that they're forgiving. And we don't know how long any of this is going to go on for. So you've got to make a a personal guess as to what's happening and how long all of this is going to happen for before you decide what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, again, things are just so fluid right now. I mean, you hope that if it goes longer than eight weeks or, or whatever, that, that, you know, there'll be, you know, phase six or seven in the, in, in the, in the federal bills that, that will kind of help us out. Um, okay. On a personal note. So, you know, I've applied for, I haven't done any of the federal loans quite yet because honestly it's, it's, we talk about this all the time. It's becoming a full-time job just to kind of figure all this out. Right. So I've, I have done the state ones on the state ones um, tended to seem to be a little bit easier. However, they asked me for, I hadn't, I haven't um, done my 2019 taxes yet. So using my 2018 taxes and they wanted my, my year to date in 2020. Right. Um, so, you, you know, I was, I was, because we're hairdressers, you know, our, our income seems to ramp up towards the end of the year, right? So, so you know, I gave them January and February of my, because those are, you know, those are the, the full months that I work. And, you know, those numbers aren't as impressive as, as, as the federal thing. So do you, what, 
do you think the numbers that they're going to use are going to be the numbers for those first two months, which are you know traditionally the slowest months of the year, or or will they aggregate it out to like um, you know just divide it by your federal by your uh, annual number? So with the PPP, there is a option for seasonal employees. I don't know that that would actually apply in this case because you are working all year long. They've been comparing it. They've been wanting to do comparisons to February 15th to June 30th of 2019. Okay. So if you haven't done your taxes, then. Well, okay. So this is where it gets interesting. So with the economic disaster loan that we were talking about, um, that's something you can apply for on the SBA's website and you can use your 2018 tax return with the PPP. We don't know what you're going to need because you're applying through a bank or a credit union. And so it's really up to the lender to decide what they're going to ask of you. So I don't know if they're going to ask you for your 2019 tax return. They might. Um, But if not, you should certainly at least have your bank statements and, you know, bookkeeping up to date. That way you can provide them for numbers with those years. Mm, That makes sense. All right, cool. Tony, do you have anything else for um for 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 the PPP or the um... No, I mean she yeah, my biggest question between all the loans and grants and she kind of answered it is, you know, is there a particular order should I do it in? Uh because you know, and sometimes you hear that, you know, well, if I get this loan, then I I'm disqualified for maybe this particular loan that I really want. So I really weigh your option of what loan is going to be best suited for you apply for the grant first and then you know maybe uh, it's just because i know that we initially applied and so for for like state sba loans and so hmm, do i really want that when the ppp might be better for me or vice versa so really uh what's what's the i guess the, the question is what's the best way for me to figure out which loan is going to be best you know, for my business. Yeah, this is, this is one where there is not a one size fits all answer, but I can take you through some of the considerations that you can make um, to try and figure that out. So I think you got to start all the way at step one and look at how much money do I have in savings right now? Uh, From there, You know, you just figure out what all of your expenses are for your business and your personal life, because at this point, they're kind of like funding each other. Like they're all, the obligations are yours, whether they're your business or your personal, you're the one who signed everything. So it's all coming back to you. So, uh, you know, figure out what that total obligation is after you've made every cut that you can. And then you take your savings, (laughs) divide it by your, you know, monthly expenses. And then you're going to figure out how long you have to float just based on what you've done on your own preparing. If that number is three to six months, you're in a a decent position right now to be able to ride some of this out. Um, If your number is less than that, you're in need of cash a lot more immediately. So 
with the with everything we've got to be clear you cannot double dip so if you're getting unemployment compensation then you're you can't be getting the ppp for payroll expenses at the same time because you know, it just doesn't make sense. But what you can do is you can collect unemployment and you can go get the grant because then you can use that grant money for your rent or your other business expenses. Um, now with unemployment, what's happened here is you've got I'm just going to use some averages because every single state is different. We don't, I can't say, you know, this is how much money you're going to get from unemployment or anything like that. But on average, states are paying out about 50% of what you've been making. Plus they've added on the $600 a week. So 2,400 bucks a month um, that they're adding in on to that. So if your income has been a lower income, especially like if you're a new hairdresser, you've just started out, like you're hustling and you're trying to get things together. You might make more money on unemployment than you did before. So that's a good deal. Um, I would caveat that, that that $600 a week is only available until July 31st. So it's, it's a very short term thing, but it's four months. Um, I'll also say that the websites are not ready yet for self-employed people to be collecting unemployment. So be patient, know that it's coming, know that it is the law. It's taken them some time. They've got to revamp their entire website and processes and everything. So it's going to be a minute. So can I ask you a, a oh, yeah, question? Oh yeah, please do. To, so of, you know, a few minutes earlier, you were saying that, you know, uh, if you have that savings built up and you can write it out or whatever, you're, you're in a good position. Is there tax credits or is there something like if, if somebody does not take the loans out um, or if, I mean, I heard that there was a, uh, you know, that you, there's whatever loss of income you you can use as a tax credit at the end of the year. I mean, what can you tell us about the tax credit when it comes to that? Okay. So I think what you're getting into is the family first act, um, which I, I can, I'm prepared to talk about. I just want to be clear that there are different laws that have passed. So we've been talking about the cares act. I think what you're moving to is the family first act, which um, they are giving a credit out and it's expanded to self-employed people, but it's also offered to employers where if you have to take time off because you got sick with coronavirus, because your family member got sick and you've got to take care of them, or because you're a parent and you no longer have childcare or school and you've got to be at home to take care of your kids. Those are all credits that you can apply for. Um, and it's good to be aware that once again, you can't double dip. So if you're now collecting unemployment, you can't be taking that credit at least during that same time period. Maybe there was a time period where, you know, you were off three weeks before or a month before you could collect unemployment before the laws changed and you were taking care of your kids during that time. Then like during that time period, that credit seems to be but when good for you. But when your state shuts you down and forces you to stay at home, that, mm -hmm. that counts as, as, as part of that or because I mean, you know, that, I guess maybe that's why they're putting all these 
uh, loans and, and for you, but if, but if you can write it out and you don't have to take a loan and, you know, there is a, a huge loss of income, especially for sole proprietors, uh, are you able to write that off as a, as a tax credit, your, your, your salary or not? Okay. So for one, your taxable income is just going to be a lot less because you're not making money. So people, a lot of people are asking, well, do I get a deduction for the losses? And it's, it's not like you actually write down, I lost this much money. You know, I had these many appointments cancel kind of thing. And you get to write that off. It's just that your taxable income becomes much less because you've made less. Um, to be clear, I'm not saying if you have savings that you shouldn't apply for any of these things. Um, I'll kind of tie it all back together to there are certain, um, as you're making these decisions, there are certain risks that you're taking because there are unknowns. And I just feel like if you have the savings in place, then you can afford to do different things, maybe even take a more risky option that is okay if it doesn't end up working out 100% for you because you have that savings. Um, I say risky because with this PPP loan, it only covers you for eight weeks. And I am unclear right now in the law, what happens after those eight weeks, because now after those eight weeks are up, you have to go apply for forgiveness through your lender to get that. So it's not like after eight weeks happens, you just submit a bunch of receipts. Everything's good. It's going to take them time. So does it take them a month to give you forgiveness? And what happens can you go collect unemployment during that one month period? Like now that the PPP has ended, I'm not clear about that. And that's why I feel like the PPP has a little bit of risk in terms of, we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know when you can get back to work. There are some unknowns in there um, and you've got to make a judgment call, but the PPP pays out at a hundred percent of what you have been making. So especially if you're a higher earner, okay, actually let me caveat that it's a hundred percent up to $100,000. So if you've been making over six figures, you're capped out at 100 grand. But that money is not taxable. Like the forgiveness is not taxable. Your unemployment compensation is taxable. Oh so you know, you got to kind of feel it out with your numbers. That's why I can't I can't give you a one size fits all, but there are a lot of considerations to make. Your savings that you have helps you to be able to have a little more wiggle room in what decisions you're making. I, if you have no money in savings, you better go apply for unemployment because that's going to pay out way faster than these loan programs are paying out. So it, it just depends. It makes total sense. Well, no, it doesn't, Tony. It's the opposite of Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in my head, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's actually funny. Like, I'm listening to Michelle talk, and I'm like, I feel like we're playing a great big game of, um, of escape room. Right, like <laughs> you know, you're stuck for a little bit longer. You know, it's like this big, like crazy escape room, a uh, uh, game. Um, Michelle, uh, I'm gonna um, moving away from taxes, moving away from from the CARES Act and stuff. Um, we had a pretty interesting conversation last night about, um, you know, a lot of people in the industry are, are offering gift cards and offering gift cards at a discount. 
and, and the conversation that you and I had was that, you know, just be careful about this because um, you might be giving away more than you realize. Um, and you said that you had a local salon that was offering a, a gift card. Um, so they were offering a hundred dollar gift card for $75 and which sounds like a 25% discount, but can we kind of break that down and why um, that, that business has to be careful? Yeah. So um, to kind of tie it into what we've been talking about, the interest rates on the uh, PPP, 1%. Interest rates on the economic disaster loan, 3.75%. Super, super low interest rates. So I would say if you in any way think you're going to have to put any money on a credit card, go take out one of these loans because you can't beat these interest rates. They're really great. Um, so anyways, but then as we tie that into the gift card discussion, when you step back and think about what's happening, you are receiving money now for something you're going to provide in the future, which is basically a loan. <laughs> uh, you know, you're getting money now, you're paying it out later with your time. So when you offer a discounted gift card, there's like an embedded interest within that when you step back. And now I know I'm getting kind of like nerdy uh, numbers and this might be too much for some people, but I just want to like kind of show people why you might want to step back and think twice. So if you have a hundred dollar dollars of services that you're providing and mind you, you know, there are costs associated with those services. So I won't even get into that side of it, but um, we're, let's just, Assume it's $100 in haircuts and there's like no supplies or other things that you're looking at. If you sell that for $75, that is a 33% interest rate. And if you think about it, it's because $25, the discount is a third of the 75. Okay. Here's the crazy thing about interest rates is like your home loan, the loan interest rates that we're talking about, these are all on an annual basis, but it's not going to take your people a year to come back in and get services. So as soon as you start shortening the time frame, so if you sell a gift card today and in three months you've got someone coming in, that interest rate shoots up because of the time factor. Wow. So let's say someone comes in six months from now and redeems it the interest rate is now 77%. They come in three months. It's like a, I'm getting super nerdy here. It's an exponential curve. And for people who don't know what that is, think about the uh, COVID-19 numbers of infections. It's that curve where it like shoots up super fast, like slowly and then boom. If you are getting it redeemed within three months, 216%. So Insane numbers, insane interest rates. When you have an opportunity to get a loan at a super, super low price here through the government, it just doesn't make any sense to offer any kind of discount. That makes wow. sense. And right now, and you know, even Michelle, you and I talked about this last night. And right now, um, the only people that are going to buy, and this is just my opinion, let me throw that out there first. <laughs> the people that are going to buy these gift cards are going to be the people that have expendable discount, expendable income at this point. So the people that have expendable um, uh, incomes 
might not be the ones that are looking for the deal anyways. You know, they, they want to help you and keep, and they're buying it to keep your business open. They're, they're buying it for that. So, you know, you're better off just asking for the full price um, of, of the gift card. You know, $100 equals $100 as opposed to $75 equals $100 because, uh, you know, they, they want to help you. Like I said before, they want to help you anyways. Um, and the people that can't afford to buy the gift card, they're not going to buy a discount anyways. So you're really, you're really what you've done is, 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 at a 216% interest rate, you've, uh, you've, uh, you've taken care of your best uh, customers, but you're really the one that's paying for it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want anyone to be like, oh my gosh, I did that <laughs> and just feel like, terrible. I, I, the reason why I share this is because I want you to have the knowledge so you can make a better decision. If you've done it, honestly, we're talking like small dollar figures. It's, you haven't sold the farm. It's not like you've sold, you know, $20,000 of these gift cards or something. So, you know, don't beat yourself up. I just want you to have this knowledge so you can make a better decision come the future. Another side to this gift card discussion is that's your, that's income. So if you're going in and claiming unemployment, they're going to reduce how much unemployment you're receiving because you're having income in some other way. So especially in a gift card situation, I would just stop selling them. If you're going to collect unemployment, don't sell gift cards for the time being. That's a good, that's a good thought right there. That's a good thought right there. Um, that's it, huge. It is huge. I mean, I think that that's a big, I, I, and honestly, it was such an interesting conversation to me because I've never thought about that. Like to me, it was always like, okay, you're giving 25% off, but, but even, even at 25% off, like you were saying, like, you know, you're better off taking that hundred dollars and putting it on a credit card someplace because you know your interest rate again is is is, is spread out over a year as opposed to to immediately. But you know, again, don't do that. Take the loans out. You know, take the SBA loans at three point seven five percent or 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 you know or whatever. Yeah, um, and I've been letting clients know because some clients are like, I don't want to take out debt, and I'm totally with you. Like, I am very anti debt. Should you? Av- be able to avoid it. However, these interest rates are super low. The repayment terms are extremely reasonable. There are no origination fees to get the loan. So, I mean, it's not the worst thing if you take out some money just to make you sleep better at night, knowing that if something happens again (laughs) this winter or, you know, we we just don't know what the future holds. So if you you need that to feel good. If you don't, yeah, spend don't spend it. it. Exactly. That's where, it's yeah. just there in case of an emergency. If you need it, if you don't spend it, you're not, you're not going to create debt. You're not going to create the, you know, pay interest on $0. So, so, so you will pay like they will accrue interest. So they don't, okay. They will not make you make payments for six months to a year from the time you receive the money. Interest will accrue, but my gosh, we're talking 1%. Like, I mean, these are tiny, tiny amounts um, to where if you need that to feel good and to feel like you've got your family covered, you've got your business covered, it's really not a bad gig. Yeah. I know, I know Maryland, their loans are, are uh, for 12, for the first 12 months, it's 0% interest. And then it's, uh, and then it's 2% for, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's a 36 month term or if it's 36 months after the first year. I, I don't, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's 36 months altogether. Okay, so for two years, you're paying a 2%. I mean, 2% is about as free as money as you can get. You know, it, it's, you know, that's, uh, that's losing a quarter every time you, uh, you need to buy coffee or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially when you start factoring in inflation, I mean, it's like no interest. 
yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's, and you know, that's, and even at 3.75, that, that, that's, that's a pretty cheap over, you know, if you, as long as you're not, um, you know, as long as it's not 500 grand or something, that's a pretty cheap loan as well. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's not me. Houses. You know, it's a lot, it's less than a lot of house interest rates right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's good. And that's what I, because I work with like a lot of solopreneurs, it's like the money that you need to get you through is actually a, a fairly low dollar figure. I know it doesn't feel low to you because it's like your personal amount, but when you compare that to you've got a commission salon with 15 employees and you're, you know, there's a lot more overhead and other things going on. So like in some ways, you almost have more wiggle room as a solopreneur right now. Cause all you have to think about is yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were talking, you know, I, I was, uh, I was, I, maybe I was talking to you about it, Michelle. I, I can't remember now. <laughs> just, like, just like, you know, at the end of the day through all of this, there's, there's advantages to having a commission based salon, you know, especially when it comes to the unemployment and, and that kind of stuff. But then to kind of get us back, and moving, I kind of think that, that, that there's also an advantage for, for their solopreneurs as well. Cause you know, one thing, and I talked to, uh, we talked to Tony, I don't know if you're on the, on the phone then yesterday or not, but we talked to Leah Freeman about it a little bit is that, you know, there, we could have big change in the future, meaning like, like we could be like legislated not to have, you know, 50 people in a salon at a time or, or whatever, you know? And, and I think that, and even as, as a solo entrepreneur, I think that, um, yeah, I think I'll start to market that, hey, you know, when you're in my room, it's only me and a couple other people. It's not, it's not a group of, you know, a hundred people because, you know, moving forward, we don't know what's going to be. But anyways, that kind of the point that, that I think that there's advantages and disadvantages to both as this all starts to shake out. You know, I think, I think a lot of solopreneurs are probably going to go out of business over the next, um, over the next year or so. Um, but I also think that, that, you know, if, if you, if you keep your budget tight, that, um, that I think as a solopreneur too, you're not an advantage necessarily, but you're in a good place to, to continue on with your business. Right. And I mean, that's one of the beauties of the beauty industry. Um, actually one of the reasons why I went to beauty school was because no one can take your skills from you, you know, no matter what happens financially over this time, you're going to come out ahead. Well, not ahead, sorry, but you're going to come out of this because you still know how to do hair. You still, like, you can start over from scratch because you still have all the skills. Like no one's taken that from you during this time. And the whole country is going to need it. <laughs> my husband's over in my office last night going like, Oh, I miss my barber. <laughs> you know what? On that note, uh, we've talked to a bunch of hairdressers and we've talked to some salon coaches about it, but I'm kind of interesting. I'm kind of interested in what your answer is strictly as like a numbers person. Like when we first get back, listen, when we, when we, when we naturally build a book, it's naturally and organically built over an eight week window. Right. So like we have, we have, you know, like the same amount of clients for eight weeks, boom, that's it. But when we get back, you know, we're going to have to get eight weeks of clients into two weeks. And then what happens is in week three, we're going to drown. And then every eight weeks from there on out, we're going to get like slammed about that. Do you have any ideas, you know, maybe with a different, like with, with a numbers mind, as opposed to like a, a hairdresser's mind, that was really bad. I'm sorry, hairdressers. But, but with that kind of mind, how do we, do you see a way of kind of smoothing that out or, or to like, like naturally aggregate our, our clients? Yeah. I mean, you bring up a really good point because if you serve everyone in two weeks, then now you have this problem eight weeks from now again, because now everyone's on the same cycle of getting their hair done. This is not accounting at all. This is, (laughs) this is more marketing or other things, but 
this is just my personal opinion. I would take, I would take my client list and I would say, this is an A client. This is a B client. This is a C client. And I get my A clients in first. Mm -hmm. And then I move down the line. Um, because there are people who have gone to you for years. They're super loyal. Maybe they've, you know, taken care of you in this time, sent you a Venmo or, you know, bought a gift card or whatever it is. If, if those people are there supporting you, you take care of those people first. Cause those are the people that love you. Those are the people that are there for you. That's, and that's what makes you want to get up in the day to go and go to work is those people. Right. Boom. That's awesome. Hey, um, Michelle, if, uh, how can I find you if I need to find you? I have an Instagram handle at small business CPA. It's a great place. If you just want some free resources, I've been posting updates on the cares act through my stories. I've I've not been doing posts about it because everything changes so often. I just got to hop on my stories and then update it. Um, I actually do have a blog post as well about the cares act that goes into detail um, on all the different options available to self-employed people. So that is also a really good resource. On that resource, do you have that like in your, uh, do you have that, that, that blog post in like your bio or in your, your profile thing there? Yeah, I've got it LinkedIn. What kind of, ser- <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of, um, what kind of services do you provide for, you know, for, you know, solopreneurs or even salons? Right. So the whole gamut. So people kind of think of a CPA as your tax person. So of course I, I do the taxes as well. But then on top of that, I do consultations. So I help people set up QuickBooks. I can teach them how to do it themselves if that's what they prefer to do. I can also do the bookkeeping as well. But I think it just depends. People have to make a decision about if they want to be super in their numbers and involved or if they just want the report to read at the end of the month. Um, I do consultations. So I'll just we'll get together, we'll pull your numbers and we'll just talk about, you know, what should your budget be? How can you maximize your profit? You know, where can you trim some fat to, you know, take more money home at the end of the day? And. Can you give us some, some information on like the different costs of those packages or. Yeah, work work within my budget here, Michelle. So I charge an hourly rate of $150 an hour. So tax returns are super variable because everyone's got different things going on. Like if you're a solopreneur, you got no kids, you're not married, you don't have a bunch of other things, you know, your tax return could be $300. If you're married and you have kids and uh, you've got other things going on, maybe a rental property, you know, $500. Like it, you know, it it grows as, as you and your personal things are going on. Um, and then, so I also do S corps and partnerships. Uh, those start at 500, but once again, it's, it's just, I just charge my time, however long it takes me to do it. But I, I understand that people need to kind of have a baseline of like, where are we in this range? Cause you say $150 an hour, is that going to take me 10 hours or whatever? You know, people need to have a basic understanding of how long yeah. that's going to take. And, and do you charge for a consultation? So can they call you and you kind of get a feel of, of what something's going to take or. Yeah. So if someone's interested in working together, then I do a free consultation with them at first one to make sure like we're going to fit together. I can serve their needs. Um, just make sure our personalities jive, if you will. 
Um, and so, yeah, we do a, a free consultation and then that way I can kind of just see what your whole business is, what kind of services you're interested in. And we kind of go from there. That's awesome. And you mentioned something that, that I've never actually heard about, uh, heard and heard, heard about before is, um, you do QuickBook consultations or, or, you know, you help like people organize their QuickBooks as well. Right. So a lot of people want to do their own QuickBooks and bookkeeping generally um, starts out at $100 a month. Um, and so sometimes, especially when you're new, like a $1,200 a year expense is a lot. <laughs> and so people are like, I kind of just need to figure it out on my own. So I'll take them through um, and just teach them how to use QuickBooks, teach them how to like sync everything up, get all set up. Um, I set up their books and for an actual beauty business because the natural accounts that QuickBooks gives you doesn't actually make sense for a beauty business. And so when you run the reports, it's like, if you put crap in, you're going to get crap out. So if you run the reports with just like the generic titles, it's not as useful of information. Um, so I, I set things up specifically for a beauty business and then I walk them through uh, usually through a zoom call, we screen share because most of my clients don't live here in town and we just go through all the steps and everything that they need to do to get everything reconciled and get their report at the end of the month. And that usually takes about uh, a half hour for me to set it up and then two or three hours of actual software training. So when you look at that compared to paying someone to do your books every month, it's a lot cheaper to do a one-time consultation know that you're getting it set up correctly because you can go onto YouTube. There's plenty of free resources out there for sure. If you want to like self teach, but there are functions of QuickBooks that you'll never need to use. So I can direct you to not waste your time on certain things. And I can also make sure that everything's set up correctly in the first place. So you don't have a total mess on your hands when you're actually going to do your taxes. And I then I got to clean it up anyways. And that's expensive too. I have a total mess on my hands, so um, I'm can't <laughs> wait to and help me clean up my uh, my QuickBooks because uh, I, I, I anyways yeah I can't wait for that. <laughs> you uh, you're awesome. Um, thank you so much for for being a part of our podcast world, and thank you so much for helping our industry and, and trying to clarify just you know just some things that are that's in this forever fluid uh, time that we live in. Hey, thank you guys too. You guys have put out so much good information for people. You guys are really here for the industry and I really appreciate you guys doing thank what you, you do. Much. Yeah, much love. So, uh, Miss Michelle Cook, CPA, uh, uh, small business CPA on Instagram, right? Did I get it right? Awesome. You got it. Awesome. Thank you very much for uh, joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>